Okay, let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Here, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, who's the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And at this time, he has encountered trouble within the church leadership. Uh, a faction of the church leadership had risen up who were opposing Paul and his teaching of the gospel and Timothy had become intimidated and discouraged by this so Paul is <coughs> is uh, writing to him and he mentions three of these rebellious leaders within the church he mentions them by name Alexander Hymenaeus and Philetus and there were others who joined them in their opposition to Paul and they were challenging his uh, his authority and his apostleship and so forth, and challenging his teaching of the true gospel. So Paul again is in prison as he's writing to Timothy, and he's encouraging him uh, in spite of the opposition, in spite of the circumstances, to remain faithful to the true gospel message regardless of what comes. Now Ephesus was a city steeped in sexual immorality and idol worship to the goddess Artemis. There was a huge temple there devoted to the uh, worship of the goddess Artemis and it attracted thousands and thousands of people. Today our idols just have different names. Today our idols are Facebook, TikTok, and Google. So we, we have a culture steeped in idolatry as well. Our idols just have different names. Now, Paul was saying society may be bad now. He was writing to Timothy and these first century believers. He was saying society may be bad now. Things may be rotten. But there's a time coming before the second appearing of Jesus when these vices are going to escalate in society and they're going to become more intense and more prevalent. And one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to show us things to come. Now, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul, uh, it's like kind of like he's looking through a portal or through a window, and he's looking all the way, uh, all the way to the very end, and he's prophesying what's society going to be like, what's life going to be like, at the end of this age. Now if you want to give this a title, you can call it Living in the Last Days. Living in the Last Days. So that's what, that's what we're going to talk about, or we're going to begin to talk about today. Paul begins to describe the characteristics of society in the last days. Uh, and he's going to go on here to list a whole list of characteristics that that you can expect to become more prevalent 
as we come closer to the appearing of Jesus. And we are there. We are there now. Every time you turn on the news, you're left reeling from the lunacy, the nonsense, uh, the poison, and the absurdities that are taking place in society. And every time you think people can't get any crazier, somebody tops it, don't they? <laughs> somebody manages to, to top it. Uh, so the time has come for God's people to be informed. This is not to scare you, but to prepare you so that uh, we don't get caught off guard and we can navigate through these times and we can overcome and not just survive, but we can actually thrive in this environment that's beginning to um, show itself in society. Uh, so being informed, being alerted to these things is just the opposite of putting your head in the sand, uh, you know, ignoring it, just hoping these things will go away. Uh, because the Holy Spirit has, has intentionally informed us in advance of what is to come. Now, uh, God has chosen us to live in this time. We could have been born, we could have been alive 500 years ago. People who lived 500 years ago could have been born living now. They weren't. We are. And I don't believe that's a coincidence. I believe God has chosen and appointed us to be alive at this time on the earth. Now, let's look at verse 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, this verse is foundational to everything else that he's going to describe in these following verses. When, when he says, this know also, when he says this, he's talking about something. He's emphasizing something very specific about society in the last days that we are to know. When he says, this know also, he's not talking about just... Uh, covering something on the surface, not just skimming over it, not just glibly uh, uh, paying attention to it. He's saying that this is not optional. This is something that we emphatically, definitely, categorically, absolutely have to know with certainty. We are, we are not to ignore what he's about to tell us. Now, Paul wasn't just writing to <coughs> Timothy and the first century believers. He's also speaking to us who would be alive at the very end of this age so that we would, we would be informed about the events that are going to take place. And then he goes on to tell us when they are going to take place. He goes on to say, this know also, that in the last days. Now, the Holy Spirit is pointing to a specific point in time. The word last days here is translated from the Greek word eschatos. And this is where we get the word eschatology, which is the biblical study of the end times and last things. Eschatology, you hear it from time to time. They're 
teachers that specialize in this subject on the end times and, and the last things. And that's the Greek word that's translated last days or last things. It means the very last, the ultimate end of a thing. In um, uh, shipping terms and uh, nautical navigational terms, it meant a ship that is traveling to a destination and it would stop off at different points, but the last port is eschatos. That's as far as you can go. That's as far as that ship's going. You got to get off there. Um, if you take the train from London Waterloo and you come Woking, Guildford, Hazelmere, and you continue on that train, the last station that train is going to call at is Portsmouth Harbor, and you cannot go any further. If you're driving southwesterly, as far as you can drive in England, you come to Land's End. That's a southwesterly, as far as you can go, that's eschatos. The very end, you cannot go any further by land. So that's what, what he's saying. Now, uh, when you start talking about the last days, people and the events surrounding the second coming of Jesus, there's always somebody that will say, yeah, I've been hearing that all my life. Uh, People for hundreds of years have been saying they were living in the last days uh, and that Jesus is coming back. Where, where is the appearing of Jesus? We've been hearing this for hundreds of years. He hasn't come back yet. Um, my parents believe they were living in the last days. My grandparents believe they were living in the last days. Well, guess what? They were correct. They were living in the last days. They were living in the last days. Now. Uh, let's look and see uh, where, where did the last, what point in time did the last days begin? Let's hold your place there and let's turn over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Verse 17. Acts chapter 2. Verse 17, and this is the day of Pentecost when the Spirit, Holy Spirit, was poured out into the earth. Uh, the believers there in, uh, in the upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues. They poured out into the streets. People thought they were drunk. And Peter stands up in verse 16, and he begins to explain what's happening. And he says, but this is what, that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So Peter refers back to a prophecy by Joel. And it shall come to pass in the what? Last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and so forth. So Peter's explaining the day of Pentecost, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit into the earth activated the period of time known as the last days, which last approximately 2,000 years. It activated this 2,000 year period of time we call the last days. 
Now, sometimes people refer to it as the church age, which is correct. Some people refer to it as the age of grace, which is also okay. Uh, but in the New Testament, it's referred to as the last days. So this time period, this time frame from the day of Pentecost to the return of Jesus is a 2,000 year period of time called the last days. So everybody who has been alive and who has lived on this earth within the last 2,000 years was living in the last days. Now, Paul here is talking about a specific part of that last days, the very end, the ultimate end of a thing. Uh, so actually, uh, it would be more accurately to say the last of the last days. Yes. The last of the last days. And the generation, uh, our generation, is closer to the very end than any of the other previous generations. And the Holy Spirit is giving us very specific time frame in which these societal issues in the following verses will escalate and rapidly come on the scene. He says you must definitely, categorically know with absolute certainty that at the very end of days, when time has arrived at its last port of call, and you have come to the last of the last days, perilous times shall come. Then he proceeds here in 2 Timothy to describe what will be commonplace in society and the culture at the very end of the church age. He says perilous times. Now the word perilous means dangerous, high risk, treacherous, unpredictable, uncontrollable. Sometimes it was used to describe uh, uncontrollable, vicious, wild animals. Anything potentially injurious or hurtful or harmful. High risk. It has also been used to describe a deadly menace. I'd say the Chinese virus was a deadly menace, wouldn't you? I'd call that a deadly menace. It can also mean ugly words that when spoken are hurtful and emotionally hard to bear. So he, he says, these dangerous, high-risk, treacherous times shall come. Now the word shall come uh, is inestimai, in meaning in, estimai meaning to stand. So it means to stand in, to stand in the middle of something. And, and to stand in the middle of something that surrounds you and, and is encumbering you. Everywhere you look, you're surrounded by these things, these characteristics in society. He says they're going to be all around you and they're going to encumber you. You're going to be standing in the middle uh, of these things during this time. So this specific time known as the last days, that generation will stand in the middle of, of uncontrollable, unpredictable, hurtful, treacherous, menacing times that will be emotionally difficult for people to bear. And we seem to be standing in the middle and surrounded on all sides right now by a worldwide assault on children 
an assault on traditional marriage and the family, an assault on parental rights, an assault on all forms of authority, an assault on free speech, an assault on religious expression, an assault on moral absolutes, an assault on the truth of God's word, an increase in violent crimes, an increase in natural disasters, and corruption at the highest and the lowest levels. The generation that becomes surrounded and encumbered on all sides by all these characteristics he's going to get to here in 2 Timothy, that generation will know that they are living at the last of the last days. When they begin to see these things all around them, uh, they will know that they are living in the last of the last days. In a matter of a few years, I mean, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago, there are things that, that you, wouldn't, you, you, you wouldn't even whisper to somebody in secret. You know what I mean? And now these things are flaunted on television, primetime TV, yeah, in the shocking. public square. They're flaunted. No apologies. Yeah, we're going get to we'll get to that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, through the courts, politics, Hollywood, academia, education, and the news media, absurdities, nonsense, and perversions are rapidly being normalized. And it's like the devil knows his time is short and he's panicking. Within the first three days of the current U.S. administration, 30 executive orders were rubber stamped. That's 10 per day, uh, which you might not have 30 in four years. You know what I mean? So 30 in three days, it's like, we got to get this done. We're in a hurry. We're, we're, we're panicking, you know. And it didn't stop there. In less than one year, policies put in place by President Trump that brought record-breaking levels of prosperity and support to Christian ministries, pastors, and support for Israel were rescinded and replaced with government regulations and mandates that have resulted in destabilizing the economy and empowering the federal government to intrude in daily life, taking power away from the state and local governments, and crippling small businesses. Weaponizing of government agencies at the highest level to threaten and intimidate the average citizen. Efforts to codify into law the federal government takeover of all elections, utilizing ballot trafficking and non-citizen voting to ensure the outcome of all elections. Stopping the completion of the border wall construction, which has created wide open borders, threatening national security, along with record number of deaths from drug overdoses as a result of the Chinese import of drugs across these open borders. Drug trafficking is accompanied by child trafficking and sex trafficking. 
returns to record unemployment, double-digit inflation, loss of energy independence, an increase in murder rates by 300% in major U.S. cities, an assault on local pastors and their congregation. This is not to mention the international debacles that have signaled weakness in the White House and have threatened Israel and the rest of the world. What about here in the UK? Just what little we know. During the lockdown, an attempt through the back door while no one was looking to facilitate DIY abortion at home via a pill through the mail. So you couldn't see a doctor, you couldn't see a dentist, you couldn't see a solicitor, but they wanted to make sure you could still have an abortion if you wanted one. So they had their priorities in order, didn't they? Um, a government plan to ban conversion therapy. This would be people who want to come out of homosexuality and this transgender confusion. Uh, they would not be able to seek help from churches or uh, psychological counseling to leave this lifestyle. They would not be allowed to, to uh, receive any help and they would be forced to stay, they would be trapped in this lifestyle. Porous borders that go unreported. The UK is the number one country in Europe for having the most cases of legal prosecutions for alleged hate speech. Anti-Christian hate crimes rose by 70% in Europe between 2019 and 2020. So does all of this sound, do all these current events sounds like dangerous, treacherous, hurtful, unpredictable, high-risk times? And we haven't even got past verse one yet. <laughs> Amen. All with the assistance of the Chinese virus is a Trojan horse. The global elites have been enabled to seize their opportunity to implement all these radical changes in society in order to advance their long-awaited one-world agenda. This has nothing to do with conservative, labor, green party. It has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. This is spiritual combat. This is dark versus light. The spirit of Antichrist is trying to force as much chaos and pain on society as possible to advance the devil's one world agenda because he knows his time is short. And he's using uh, politicians, media giants, academia and education, corporate business, and the courts are all cooperating. They're being driven by these unseen spiritual forces to rapidly turn society upside down and eliminate God from all public life. Uh, this verse, uh, 2 Timothy 3.1 in the Amplified Classic says, But understand this, that in the last days, will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Now I'm gonna show you a little clip here. 
that it's an example of something hard to deal with and hard to bear. I had a, two clips I wanted to show, but one of them I don't want them to see. So, but I'm going to attempt to show you one here. Um, don't forget to share it. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Thanks. Uh, I've got it on my... I had it there. Now, let me get back to... Share sound and stuff again. Oh, again? So, yeah, because it gone. So off. how do I get stop share? Stop sharing. I gotta do that again. Okay. Okay. Now uh, I'm gonna move this forward. No, No. I'm turned. I'm, we're not talking. To Just a second. That's what I was reading in the Bible. Sorry. I had another clip there I wanted to show you, but I don't want them to see it, so. It was illegal to have sexual intercourse outside of her marriage. We're going to go back to Mario, but I want to play a clip because we need to kind of, there's so much to this topic, ladies and gentlemen. I know many of you are already asking on social media, we need some resources. We're going to get that because Janet has written some things that will help you. But I want to show you this video. This is a father and a child. And this is really where people are at, and it talks about gender fluidity. Watch. Well, I'm going to go ahead and help you out. Let's get to answer some questions because I guess you guys want to know. So, hey. Hi. What's your name? My name is Mo. Mo. Go ahead and answer the question. Are you a boy or are you a girl? I am neither, actually. What? I'm... Get out of town. What's that mean? That means I am gender fluid. Gender fluid. So what do you like to be called if you're gender fluid? Uh, I prefer they and them so it's not just like having a new like pronoun every day making it super difficult. Alright, they them, they them. Gotta be honest, what's this gender fluid mean? Um, so instead of being one solid gender, my gender changes each day, month, week, it all depends. Like so one day I can be a boy, the next day I can be a girl, a gender, pan gender, and so forth. Oh, all right, all right. But, you know, the people really want to know. You were clearly born either a boy or a girl. It's got to be one or the other, right? I mean, they, that's what they say. What do you, what is it? Answer. Well, I personally think it's none of your business, and you don't need to know what's in my pants. Oh, you know what? I agree. It's yeah. not really any of your business. All right, Janet, when we see like that, it's gender So, do you think we're living in the last days? <laughs> do you think we're living in the last days? Hard to deal with, hard to deal with, and hard to bear. Emotionally hard to bear. Uh, yeah, and to me, the father is in worse shape than the child. I mean, 
he's a grown, he's an adult. He should know better. You can see the, you, you know, the, to me, it sounded like the kid was in a way just repeating what she heard somebody else say. I'm I not. It was a boy. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure really. But um, it's yeah, whatever. Sounded like they were just kind of repeating what they had heard somebody else say, and I, and I'm not too sure they even had convictions about it. What's going to become of them? But um, to me, the the father's in worse shape than the child because he's responsible for that child, you know. So in a way, he's worse off than she is. But how are we to respond? Unfortunately. Many Christians have run up the white flag and surrendered, retreating into their hole and ready to store up tribulation food. Is, is that why the Holy Spirit wanted us to know these things in advance? Uh, in order to just throw up our hands, pull the curtains, put our head in the sand, go into hiding, just pretend these things will go away. No, uh, he knew he, he knew what this end-time generation was going to be up against, and he's alerting us to be on our guard so that these vices, we don't slip into these things, and we don't let them slip and creep into our lives and our family. So we need to build a wall of protection. We need to make the word first place and final Amen. authority. Amen. We need to keep fear out. We need to guard our eyes, our ears, and our mouth, which is the gateway to your spirit, and be quick to repent. Second uh, Timothy is not the only place where Paul addressed these last day events. Just a few pages over, uh, in Second Timothy 2, verse 1 and 2, in the NIV, he says, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. So somebody was putting out counterfeit messages. Some of them were even falsely attributing them to Paul. Uh, whether they were by letter or by mouth, but they were putting out these counterfeit messages concerning the future events surrounding the last days. I think uh, some people were even teaching that the, the rapture had already come, and these people thought they had missed it. So uh, Paul was writing to them, saying, don't be shaken. He's trying to calm them down. Don't panic. Uh, and he's assuring them that um, panic is not the correct response for any Christian um, who hears that we're living at the end of the, of the age. And he also told them not to believe everything they heard about the end times and to be on guard about who they listen to uh, and what they listen to concerning the, the end times. So the Holy Spirit is also alerting us to these events, not to hide, not to pull the curtains, but to take action. Uh, there are some Christians uh, 
that take the view that, well, this is Bible prophecy. It's going to happen. There's nothing we can do about it. So we just sit down on the sidelines and let it happen and just wait for Jesus to come back and get us out of here. That is not the correct response. Uh, we're not to be passive, and we're definitely not to help the devil achieve his agenda. And that, that if, for all the Christians that sit on the sideline and just pull the curtains and say, well, this is Bible prophecy. We can't stop it. Uh, you know, we, 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 just, we just let it happen. That's helping the devil. When all this happened to me, and then when I started to pray, it all changed. Amen. 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 Yeah, yeah. God stepped in yeah. to all the fear away from me and gave me three quarters for my dinner every night. Praise God. And everybody was so kind, everybody couldn't do enough for me. Praise God. But in the beginning, the devil has really used this to try to... Destroy people. Yeah. Take my face away. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't, didn't manage it. Amen, amen. It amen. doesn't pay to pray. Yes, yes. And it, it prays to pray yeah. and it prays to keep the word first place. Amen. Yeah. And, and to keep that fear out. Amen. But, and people that don't know what you know, they're, they're, they're not making it. You know what I mean? People mm -hmm. don't know what we know. This is why it is so vital. They're going to know. Well, they're going to know one way or the other. <laughs> they're either going to come in the, uh, ministries like this where they can hear and be informed or they're just going to learn by hard experience uh, but it's better to be in a place like this so that we have sound bible teaching and we know in advance what's going to happen and we can take steps to be prepared that's why god wants us to be prepared not just be out there hanging out and then when when all this strikes people well what are we going to do and and, and they're caught off guard. They're, they're caught off guard. They don't know how to handle these things. But that's why it's so vital, especially in these last days, that people be in a Bible-based church or a Bible-based ministry so that uh, we've got the Word of God, the authority of the Word. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit to carry us through these uh, and help us navigate these waters so that so that we overcome and we thrive and we don't drown in the middle of this. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, so um, just to passively sit by and say, well, this is Bible prophecy. It's all going to come to pass. That's just, that's not resisting the devil. That's just helping him achieve, yes. you know, okay, these things are going to hap happen, but we don't have to help the devil get there. We're supposed to be holding him back. And we are, we are holding him back. The church is the only thing holding back the full-blown uh, doors of evil being poured out on this earth. It's the church's presence here that's holding all that back. You can see the effort of the Antichrist, the spirit, already trying to get control. And once we're out of here, he's going to have full-blown evil is going to hit this earth like you've never seen before. This is just like... 
Jesus talked about the labor pains, didn't it, you know? Yes. But uh, we're, the church is what's holding back the full-blown evil taking over this earth right now. So um, how, did, how did Jesus respond to a perilous situation? Uh, over in Matthew uh, 8, verse 28, uh, where he uh, crossed the Sea of Galilee and he went over to this region uh, called the Gergesenes or Gadara. It says when he was come to the other side, he was in the boat with the disciples. When he came to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass that way. Now, uh, this phrase, exceeding fierce, is the same Greek word translated perilous over there in 2 Timothy 3. These are the only two places in the New Testament that it's used. So again, perilous describes something dangerous, high risk, potentially harmful, and treacherous. And when it says no, that no man might pass that way, it's... Uh, indicating that this road, this area that was inhabited by these demon-possessed men was so high risk that people avoided even traveling in this area because these, these men would jump out and terrorize people and it was potentially dangerous and, and they could potentially be hurt. So, um, so just the presence of these demonic spirits there through these men uh, it created like a, uh, an impasse or a, a block in the road there. People didn't even want to travel on that road because of the presence of these demonic men. So uh, instead of, you know, most people would avoid this area, but Jesus didn't avoid it. He stepped out and he approached these men and he used his authority to cast out the devil and to free the men and to free up this entire area so that it wasn't blocked anymore. People were free to travel without feeling uh, like they were in danger. So the fact that this use of the word perilous is associated with demons tells us that demonic activity will increase in the last days. So it's our responsibility as the last days generation to stand up and push back and tell the devil he can't have our kids, he can't have our schools, he can't have our churches, he can't have our ministries, and he can't have our nation. Amen? Amen. Because the devil, through politicians, has inflicted so much misery, chaos, and hurt worldwide, people are coming to realize that the government is not the answer. And those who do not know God are confused and deceived and they will be hurt and wounded by these unpredictable, uncontrollable, dangerous last day events and God is going to need us more than ever. We're going to be needed more than ever because the time is right for many people to be set free and healed by the power of God. So if we stay faithful to the true gospel message and we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can see how important it is in these days to be led by the Holy Spirit. 
to put on the whole armor of God and use our spiritual weapons and our authority, we can still live triumphant. We can overcome all these things that, that uh, he's describing are going to come on the earth. Okay, they're going to come, but we know in advance. So God knew that we were going to be the ones living in this time, and he has equipped us, and he has anointed us and chosen us to be here right now at this specific time. We could have been born 500 years ago. We weren't. God's chosen for us to be here right now for a reason. We are well able to overcome, to remain faithful to the truth of God's word, to be unaffected by the changing moral landscape, to be armed with knowledge of the word to protect ourselves and our families from these destructive trends in society, to shine as lights in a world growing darker by the day, and to minister to people whom Satan has blinded and caught up in the godless society confusion and deception that has now become widespread around us. So God's equipped us with everything we need. We have the word, we have the power of the Holy Spirit, we have a good ministry like this. We can come and get equipped and receive support and support one another. Uh, and we can navigate through these treacherous waters and not be affected. Amen? Amen. So as we continue over the, from time to time over the weeks and months, we'll go through this list of characteristics that Paul continues to, to write about here that will escalate in society in the last of the last days. And it will be amazing to see how accurately the Holy Spirit has described life in the last days. And we're already beginning to see signs of it. Amen? So that's what we will, uh, from time to time, in the coming weeks and months, we're going to dive deeper uh, into this entire list of, of what it's going to be like in society living in the last days. Amen? Amen. But we're anointed, we're chosen to triumph over this. And uh, you can see all the people that are going to need lots of help. So that's why we need to be um, prepared and uh, equipped to minister to these people. Amen? Yeah.